Metricast. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. Subculture. And overall, overall badass. Bad welcome, welcome, welcome to Kettle, to Kettle Whistle, Whistle, Whistle Radio. Radio. With your hosts, your hosts Dave, Dave and Sean. Sean. the episode so uh it's my aunt they didn't like it it just kind of again I was spirited there was good news as opposed to bad news and uh sue me or turn me off you do have that choice isn't that amazing <laughs> you can press a button like you don't have to instead of canceling everyone so anyhow American Horror Story just started up. Um, kind of like it. Uh, pretentious bullshit that it is, but it's still, it's a decent story. I got to watch the second episode and then I'll get back to you on that. We got HB3 coming up right now. Hugh Bonar, the words of wisdom. He is one of my Jedi Masters. There's very few that I trust. And like Anakin, trust every. Very few people that I trust. So here's the deal. Uh, MichelleRockArt.com. MichelleRockArt.com. She will do your pets in a portrait as if they were sitting right next to you. Amazing. Just amazing. Todd Wolfson. He'll be back on the air here soon, too. 
director, horror movies, indie. That shit is coming out. He's waiting on some shit to get done with that. We can't talk about it yet. But Todd Wolfson, hit him up on Facebook. Watch what he's doing, folks. You could be an extra. But right now, we're going to get into HB3, Salt and Sea. If you didn't watch that video yet, I, I don't know why you're listening. But watch the video and then listen to HB3 talk. The man is... He is music wisdom. Piccolo bass, folks. Piccolo bass. Take it easy. I am Theo from Morgenstern, and you're listening to Kettle with the Radio. All right. Hey, folks, friends, and fiends, just to let you know, all the best conversations happen off the air, and they started just now. We both had a rough night. I'm here with HB3, and yes, I caught him off guard. Uh, explain your rough night there, Hugh. I have a I have a poodle that's been barking at night because there's wild animals walking around in our neighborhood. It's uh, actually not a good situation. We got coyotes and we got bobcats. No furries? <sighs> yeah, we probably have those too, but I'm I don't know if they're like lurking outdoors at 4 a.m. <laughs> they might be. All right. Hey, one of my favorite guests is back, and he doesn't know this yet. Well, he kind of does. He's getting his own segment whenever he has two to five minutes to spare and just <laughs> something to uh, yell about or uh, inspire about. Um, he's supposed to um, send me whatever he's got, and it's a new. Se- it's called HB3 Reflex. <laughs> All right. Hey. Uh, he didn't accept it yet. I'm just putting it out yeah, there. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it, bro. All right, cool, cool. Hey, it's nice talking to you, man. Nice to talk to a sensible person. I have a lot of damage control lately. Uh, people are pissed at me for, uh, after the last episode. I had way too much fun. And, um, yeah, I'm paying a price for that one. God forbid what you have you fun. What do fun? Uh, I got really good news uh, medically. And um, I got rather spirited. And three hours later, I had an interview with, I love this band, by the way, Morgan Sturm. Morgan oh, yeah. Stern, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, they are. <laughs> it's complicated. German industrial metal. The elite started as a Rammstein cover band. Cover band, right? They're Swiss, and the lead singer is Italian. Okay, okay. so you know what, you guys, if you want to like wrangle kittens, that's on you. But uh, yeah, I kind of screwed up a few times. I had too much fun. <laughs> I had way too much fun. Teo Gatto is a gentleman. He's the lead singer vocalist and he is just they they were phenomenal we had a great time so yeah. screw you guys <laughs> i'm taking my ball and exactly. going home <laughs> hey you but hey you have a show coming up that is correct okay. i'm playing at a lovely venue called the folly bowl in altadena california which is in la county mm-hmm. and you can find the folly bowl on facebook just search on the folly bowl you know f-o-l-l-y like life is folly all is folly, that kind of thing. The folly bowl, it's like a miniature Hollywood bowl in the in the wilds of L.A. County. Interesting. I was just ta- I was just talking about you know wild animals lurking. This this venue is it's at the base of the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, so it's it's in my neighborhood, uh, and and uh, they did an amazing job creating this Roman style theater in the round with stone seats and a beautiful stage 
in a garden environment. Uh, the the uh, the guy who did it is an amazing painter, and his partner is also an artist who does installations for. Uh, I don't know. She's done uh, art installations for UCLA and for various corporations and whatnot. They're both extremely talented people. And they built this amazing performance space. So uh, they have a summer concert series that I've been playing at the last few years. It's definitely my favorite place to play at. And I was supposed to play last year. And it got canceled because everything was shut down. So we're back again for summer. And hopefully it looks like we're going to make it, you know, like... uh, Redemption song. Yeah. There was some concern about whether everything was going to get shut down again. Right. And uh, maybe they will, but but not in the next seven days. Good, good, good. Get the show in, man. I can't wait. I know. Get it in. <laughs> we don't usually start off with what shows you have coming up, but <laughs> being the way the, the way things are right now, let's start off with yes, guys. There's a live show coming up, and it's HB3 this Saturday. This Saturday, and yeah. if you happen to be in the what area? L.A. County, anywhere in Los Angeles. Right. And you will not be disappointed. Uh, the Salton Sea, if you watch the video, guys, I told you, go and watch it. I posted it on, uh, again, uh, Kettle Whistle Radio Facebook page. I tweeted the the hell out of it. I'll keep doing that. But, uh, yeah, man, explain, real briefly, re-explain the Salton Sea video. We have two videos now. We have mm-hmm. a video for The New Gods, which is filmed on Bombay Beach at the Salton Sea. And that has some of the most incredible uh, drone footage that that I've ever seen. Agreed. Professional or otherwise. And it was just unbelievable luck how it all came together. Uh, We weren't even certain if we were going to get it to work. And at the last minute, we got it to work. And my cinematographer was, was flying that drone around like playing PlayStation 2. Uh, really spectacular 4K footage. And then we went back to our bungalow, which was like a block away, and it was dark, and we did a one-take video for uh, the song Return, Mm -hmm. just sitting on the porch of this bungalow after it had gotten dark, and we were both incredibly exhausted. (laughs) I hopped in the shower for a second and then somehow managed to get dressed and got on the porch with my piccolo bass and we did a one take playthrough that was fortunately without error so it came out well too so we actually have now a complete video recording of the salton sea road trip both day and night beach and bungalow the new gods and the return so i think it was a satisfying experience Overall, And again, it feels like there was this little window of time where Los Angeles had opened up again. So we were optimistic enough to take this road trip and get this footage. And that was at the end of June. And it was in mid-July when they started shutting everything down again. So it feels like it just opened up briefly and and then they started cracking down again. Yeah, it's happening here too, man. Um, but yeah, guys, guys, if you want to hear about his Rob Zombie extras in the video, 
<laughs> oh god oh, anyway go back what uh two or three episodes i say two episodes and hear the part one of this one uh with hb3 it's always interesting but man this time it's artistic beyond compare um i love it i love watching the video and then your music just like i this is a question i actually had for you last time or last uh, three times. Um, I don't normally listen to jams when I'm driving, but your stuff absolutely screams driving. What do yeah. you What do you listen to generally? Like when you're driving, do you do you like? Is it Rage Against the Machine or is it like <laughs> Mazzy Star? I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, God, I I don't know that I've been listening to to music lately in my car because I haven't been commuting. When I was commuting, yeah I, yeah, I had a lot of stuff that I was listening to. Although, you know, the the last artist who I really got into was was an ambient electronic guy, uh, Jean-Michel Jarre, the the French electronica guy, who who is not known for his like driving propulsive beats. Is he like a uh, Giorgio Moroder? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, came out in the '70s with a couple classic electronic albums, uh, Oxygen and equinox cool and uh, those are really amazing beautiful foundational electronica albums and okay. he's still putting music out but that's that's more uh that's more ambient style god uh, recently let's see uh got the new blue oyster cult album Listen get to out that. wait 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 wait. you're a step ahead of me that's a long island band and i'm from there and i did not know about that the symbol remains is it good? You know, it's it's okay. Who's left? Give, like who's left? Yeah, to... it, it's Buck and Eric. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's better than you know Club Ninja. <laughs> let's, let's say that. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a, a, an approximation or or a representation of of the BOC style, you know, which, okay. which is how I think of what what a lot of older bands are doing it's like they've sort of figured out their key ingredients and they can sort of reproduce it and it sounds like the new judas priest album oh there you go it sounds good right i mean i i have no complaints it's just it doesn't seem like it's it's not like organically growing out of a living culture you know what i mean they just kept it the way it was it's it's like there was something about i mean you know, the 1970s, the 1980s, you mm-hmm. had this vibrant creative culture and, and uh, music scene. And and it's it sort of organically generated these amazing bands and this amazing music. And I just I just don't think it's it's the same thing anymore. I don't think we really have creativity in the same way. I agree. And the production is not there either because the money is not where it was. Yeah, right. that's true. Isn't that? I mean, yeah. You're an instructor. Um, what do you tell your kids? Like, uh, you kind of have to have the financial backing, or just go for it. Like, what yeah. do you? What do you do? What do you tell them? I tell them it's up to you to straighten this shit out. <laughs> Thank you. And and you have you have a job ahead of you. Mm. Yeah. You know? uh, I think I you know the the Zoomers are are a divided generation. Some of them are quite awake, and some of them are. Are, are quite asleep and the sleeper must awaken indeed right? indeed and you're kind of in charge of that i hate to put that on you right now but again live show coming this weekend how exciting is that are you excited I feel, you know 
I, I went to a couple of performances last month at the Folly Bowl wondering if people were going to show up or whether they were going to be too scared to come out. And fortunately, it was the latter. It seems like people were really eager to get out. So mm-hmm. the, the crowds have been really good. Yeah, so um, I think... Just so you know, um, Hella Big, whatever the hell that is, uh, was here at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh uh, last week, uh, and it was uh, you know Weezer, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and then Interrupters o- opened up. And unfortunately, I heard it rain during the whole Weezer or the end of the Weezer set, so they didn't really get to do the whole Rivers Cuomo thing that they wanted to do. But I heard Green yeah. Day killed it. But here's funny. This is interesting for me and you. We're sort of peers. Um, that there was a um, definitely a, a bipartisan. <laughs> there was a division between the Dookie fans and the new Green Day fans because the young kids didn't know of Dookie, though they oh, had right. They yeah. didn't. So like you could see like the the forty somethings bouncing up and down, you know, during <laughs> Dookie songs, and then the rest of it was the other. There were kids that actually didn't know what songs they were playing. To me, that's kind of yeah. sad. Maybe you come yeah. across that. I don't know. Oh yeah, all the time. You know, there's this attitude like uh, anything that happened before they were born doesn't exist. Oh my God, yes. And I, I didn't have that attitude. No, when I was we 12, didn't. I was really into like classic cinema and I was, you know. Yeah. They don't know anything that happened in, say, the 1970s. Right. I guess even the 1990s is just like, it just doesn't exist, you know. And I find myself going back all the time. Me and you talk about 70s horror movies because they were the shit. Like, that, just the... The, oh my god the sound the look the feel you felt like you were doing something dirty watching the damn thing yeah. you know that they don't have that it just starts out dirty and it's kind of like oh here we go <laughs> yeah were we talking about the film grizzly i own that film <laughs> oh yeah yeah see that's a that's a good one that i saw <laughs> recently they they killed a bear with a fucking rocket launcher. I thought it was a bazooka, but that makes it so well, much bazooka, better. Bazooka, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But you yeah, actually bazooka. you cared about the characters, like when they were hunting them down. Like there was like sort of the Hooper type character and the Brody and Captain yeah. Quint. It was up there against Jaws at the time. But that thing... well, yeah, I, I think they were trying to one up Jaws, right? Yeah. So they like they they blew up Jaws with like the oxygen tank. So they yeah. had to go to the like like full on bazooka. <laughs> For the grizzly, right? It just like explode that that fucker. I watched that with my parents in the eighties. Was it was like on TV and oh my god, it was so edited. My uh, my great uncle passed out in the theater during that film because he had an aversion to seeing blood. Oh god! So when the grizzly like kills the horse, he like knocks the horse's head off or oh, something. Yeah. He passed out in the theater. Oh boy, yeah, blood. There's a lot of splatter in that film. Uh, did you know there was a Grizzly 2 that was never finished? I have the DVD of the never completed <laughs> Grizzly God, 2. you're kidding. I swear to God, I can send you a copy. Well, no, I can't That's send a... you a copy, but I can send you my copy. That's uh, a true rarity. It's weird, dude. It, uh, yeah, they tried. I think they could do it now. Like, Sci-Fi Channel, if they had balls, could, like, actually do it. But How did you acquire this item? I again, I work so many horror conventions. Not recently, unfortunately, uh, but yeah, horror conventions are the, the way to find like everything you never knew existed. 
and they're yeah. fun, fun stuff. But yeah, we always get on this horror thing. Uh, listen, before we play a song, we we do have to play a song. We should play the return, correct? Sure. We'll do the return, and we'll figure out what we'll close out with later because this is basically a part two of two episodes ago with HB3, Hubinar. We're talking Salt and Sea. Watch the video. Go to YouTube. Give it a like. It's an amazing video for you artistic types or if you just like freaking good music, good rock and roll. And yes, uh, back to what I, my earlier question, I will listen to your stuff while driving. It is driving music. For absolutely, yeah, I, yeah. We sort of drifted away from that one. Uh, yeah, always. Even even when I try to play heavy, there's something sort of relaxing about it. You know, <laughs> it just it it feels good. Even even when I'm trying to be sort of ugly and and dirty, there's like a there's a relaxing groove to it somehow. I don't know why that is, but uh, it's just the way that it comes out. It's your nature, dude. Uh, no pun intended. But man, yeah, you seriously have this thing, and it's attractive. And I, I again, that's why you're on my show, and that's why you're going to get a segment. So we got to figure this. The kids are going to be upset if you if we don't hear from HB3 every show. <laughs> All right. So yeah, words of wisdom from HB3. You come up with the segment. Give me two to five minutes, and I swear to God, I'll put it in every time. But right no now, problem. let's go to the return, and then we'll get right back with HB3. Hugh R. Again, on Kettle Whistle Radio, thank you so much for tuning in.
and his new album, Salt and Sea, and he is doing a live show very soon, as in this weekend. Uh, but to get real, um, yeah, the state of affairs, uh, Afghanistan is going down. It's like the fall, oh, yeah. of, the fall of Saigon all over again. It's horrible. It's heartbreaking. This show is meant to be an escape from all of that, but you can't turn a blind eye to humanity. I'm sorry, mm. but you can't. Um, uh, how? Where are you with all of this happening politically? Not politically, but uh, just things happening. Just in terms of a general reaction, I'm, I'm appalled by the overall state of reality and society and politics and so forth. I, I think a lot of people feel that way. There's just a sense that everything is going wrong and it, and it, mm. it can't go on like this. No, I, I don't necessarily think we should do anything, you know, like I don't, I don't want to encourage like violence or any sort of illegal activity. I think people just should just sort of stand back and watch right. as the system sort of collapses, you know, and I don't really know what that would look like per se, but, but maybe that's what we're seeing right now, and and that's an interpretation I saw of the of the Afghanistan thing is that it just shows that, you know, I I think there was a sense in America that that at least our military was totally competent and totally kick ass, you know, and like when when push came to shove, there was still this core competency undergirding the American system, and and I think the Afghanistan experience has, has shaken that perception. Mm. And you being a teacher, like what how, what do you feel your obligation is to your students at this point? Do you turn a blind eye and say, listen, it's about music right now? Or you say, hey, you can incorporate <laughs> do you incorporate this with your music? Yeah, I, I, yeah it kind of goes back to what we were saying that mm. uh, that that they don't know about their own culture. Right? right. They don't know their cultural history. But of course, it, it's it's much deeper than that. They, they don't know history in general. Right. So my job is to try and make all that stuff interesting. And, and my attitude coming in is there's all this amazing stuff that you don't know about. And I guess I'm the one who's going to tell you about it because no one else has. I don't know what the hell happened, but someone let you down along the way. And apparently they, they let you down over and over and over again. So you you are the inheritor of this incredibly rich legacy of artistic activity and so much more than that. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of good experiences to look forward to mm-hmm. in that regard. And also, of course, people need to take responsibility for for their for their own education and learn how to find material that is meaningful to them. And, and I think that is probably more difficult than it was several years ago, Indeed. but still possible. And maybe I can, I could provide some guidance. I mean, generally speaking, I think that we should be looking at the, the, the various histories of totalitarian societies in the 20th century. We now have all sorts of information about what happened in Soviet Russia and then in China and the great leap forward, the cultural revolution, Cambodia, the Spanish civil war, world war two, of course. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things that we can look at, and draw useful conclusions from and and if we aren't doing that then we're hobbling ourselves right and Mm -hmm. and the situation is going to be worse than it need be indeed um i on that note i've been watching and yeah fox news people don't lob my head off for this one um because i am i watch all 
news. I watch all channels. I listen to every point of view. But I'm currently watching CNN On Demand. They're doing this. <laughs> I swear to God, the Jerusalem series. It's they're on their seventh episode. What a oh, history! Yeah. What a history lesson I've never had. A very unbiased right. opinion on Jerusalem and the history of kids. You guys can learn a lot from this. A lot. This is the history I never got in school. But it's on CNN. Of course, if you want to go lighthearted, they have the history of the sitcom, too. But anyway, uh, good stuff. What is that on? I've never seen that. Again, CNN on demand. Yeah, it, it kind of concerns me that news channels are having these miniseries. Like, are you trying to get uh, new listeners for different reasons? I don't know. Yeah, I've never I've never seen that. I, uh-huh. You know, because CNN is, is constantly on when I go to the gym, you oh, know. Oh, it's on demand. It's on demand. Thursday oh, so nights. so you have to order it. Yeah, so tonight is episode seven. Uh, yeah, it's uh-huh. on demand. You can watch it. If you have CNN at home, it's free. But the history of sit- the sitcom is great. I got to watch the, you know, Willie Ames of Eight is Enough, and here we go, and Whatever. But uh, that, on top of this Jerusalem thing, man, you can go hot and cold right there. Real drama, real comedy. But it's a nice release. And But the Jerusalem thing, we're watching it unfold all over again and again and again. And, yeah, so that's Right. Yeah, that is something that I know seriously was when I took a class in the literature of the Bible. And I had the same thought that, okay, so this book from 2,000 years ago is still completely influencing everything that's going on right now. And if you want to understand what's going on right now, you have to go back to these ancient texts and histories. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and I felt that in a very immediate way that was that was really shocking. It's shocking that we're watching it unfold again. If you watch the Jerusalem series on CNN On Demand, it's amazing how we just keep repeating ourselves and we're not right. learn- we're not learning a damn thing. Right, um, right. I, myself included. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I pretty much destroyed my last episode again. Morgan Stern, great episode. <laughs> guys teo gato and ivo they love me i hope but they like the episode and boy was i uh, i was spirited hp3 i'm gonna have to listen to that now yeah you'll know and uh if you're lucky enough i'll send you the unedited version oh yeah yeah i was lit what can you do uh, i was happy well, i was in a good mood and then i forgot i had an interview three hours yeah. later Anyway. Well, if you, got, if you got good news about that, then that's great. I remember you were worried about that a while ago. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. Um, I have uh, three, mo- three months and an MRI, and then I'll worry about it again, you know? Who gives a yeah. shit? I, I, you can't think. You have to move on, you know? Like you. You got to move on, make the music, make the album, put it out there, and you get on stage. So are you getting on stage with other folks, or is it just you? It's going to mostly be me, but I've pressed my drummer, Brandon, into service for a couple tracks. He's going to be playing an African drum, the djembe, for a couple of numbers. And also, we're going to have video done by the guy who shot my three most recent videos, three or four most recent videos. And we're going to be using that incredible drone footage yeah. from the Salt and Sea trip. And uh, these shots are you know, we, we edited them and just used, like, snips of them for the New Gods video. But, in fact, these are, like, two- or three-minute shots that just go on and on and on. And they're glorious. So we're going to we're gonna use some of the, that stuff projecting behind me. And we will try and film it 
I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Hopefully we will have a good audio recording and a good video recording. Cool. I'm not sure how many cameras we will have available to use. We'll, well, I'm going to try and get that sorted out in the next couple of days, but hopefully we'll, we'll have some sort of record of this. So it's going to be a somewhat collaborative event, but this music is mostly solo performance music. It's just me and the piccolo bass. It's the piccolo bass carrying the entire show, a, a four-stringed Fender jazz bass strung piccolo style that for whatever reason is this magical instrument that that is familiar and yet totally unfamiliar and can sound like all these different sorts of instruments which i guess the guitar is capable of doing but this seems like a a special example of that phenomenon so yes i can easily sustain a 90 minute performance just doing piccolo bass solo music so that's what this is. It's very relaxing and vibey and people just sort of, they, they basically go into a hypnotic state. <laughs> is it like a, is it like a, a winery? Where are you doing this? Like what, oh, what yeah. type of, There's, well, it's not a winery, but people bring wine uh -huh. and other substances. And it's <laughs> like, you know, you can bring food. So people eat and they drink and it's quite nice. It's quite relaxing. I've had people that just sort of, like, in the front of the stage, there's just some grass, like a grassy area. Sure, People sure. have just, like, laid down on the grass to feel the vibrations of the instrument moving through their body. There's something about the pitch of this instrument that vibrates in a certain sort of way. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes you feel really good. I agree. Totally. Totally agree. Um, yes, now, uh, some of my favorite venues are grassy knolls with a little little pavilion up front. Uh, we just saw Berlin here in my hometown, literally two miles from my house. Berlin, still kicking it. Uh, oh, that's great. Terry Nunn, my God, she's still just amazing. And, I, I bought those uh, two Berlin albums from the 80s recently, and there are some albums I was listening to and enjoying quite a bit. She's an absolute sweetheart. Um, I got to shake her hand, luckily, but she was all sweaty and stuff. But isn't that like yeah, sexy? Right. That's sexy, right? Yeah, it is. But no, she's just what a love. Just a, she loves her crowd, and uh, I saw her out in L.A. Um, eight years ago. Uh, one of your venues, not the Hollywood Bowl, but one huge giant mountainside venue. It was just brilliant, and they were amazing. There was this Devo uh, cover band opening up, and. And she just leveled the playing field. And uh, it was nice to see Berlin kicking some ass. And I don't care what people say. Uh, Berlin can kick some ass right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always liked I always liked Berlin. Yeah, man. And they she did a famous gig in the 80s at the, I think it was like the Hollywood Park racetrack. It was like Berlin and the Thompson Twins. Nice. And, and the Fix. Oh. And the, and the Police was the opening act. You had me at Fix. I love the on the fix. like like the synchronicity tour. Ah, that's cool, man. I love that, but I love when bands just own it, and you can tell the difference between the bands that own it and the ones that were just posing. Hence the term poser that me and you grew up with. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think they were legit. You know, big I, time. I always liked. Uh, I always liked her. So let me ask you: um, When you show up at this gig, uh, is there an opening act? 
not like, th- not this time. So it's all you. It's yeah. It's just the crowd comes in and and eventually I start playing. We're playing a little bit later. I wanted to wait until it got dark. So yeah, it's probably going to be about ninety minutes. Nice. Full wow. set. Damn. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I now have enough material that I, that I could do like an hour and a half of this stuff, and and it goes by quickly. You know, like uh, the last time I played, there was you know the feedback I got was we wish you had played longer. Hmm. You just get in this groove, and it can just it can just go on and on and on, and it it feels so good. Contagious. You just don't want you just don't want it to stop. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, you're contagious with it. I mean, honestly, like when you uh, start playing, like. I don't think there's an end. Like, when do you say, all right, I'm tired? It's not like Brian Adams. Hey, Brian Adams, ah, my fingers are bleeding. Time to put the guitar down. You know? I yeah, think you just kind of keep there, going. It's like Ravi Shankar doing Ooh. these performances that go on for like nine hours or whatever. It's like <laughs> if, if, it's, if, if you're feeling it, yeah, it could, it could just go on and on and on. There, there, is a, there is a little bit of that, you know. I have structured pieces uh, and I'll be playing structured pieces with beginnings and endings, but people do also like it when I improvise. Cool. And uh, that's that's no problem. Well, let's give them another <laughs> one. Let's give them another one right now. It's your choice. I have a few, but your choice. I'd like to. Let's go with uh, track three on this on the Surf Music album Argus, which is the name of the loyal dog of Odysseus. I, I like that yeah. piece. It's a more complicated piece. It has some some tricky, interesting solos that that are a challenge. There's a lot of stuff going on in that track, so I think that track is is interesting because it's it it has ambient elements, but it also has some more uh, some more challenging technical qualities that I've been trying to get into some of, some of the newer work, and that one I think succeeds pretty well. Well done. All right, Argus. I'm Heather Taddy, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio.
I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. All right, right back here, and we're talking uh, magnesium and potassium, the way to deflect COVID, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, it just, right. Actually, it's just good for you. And uh, I think one, one is good with potassium activates off magnesium to uh it's good for uh blood pressure i know that um (laughs) boy do i know that anyone that listened to that last episode knows that too all right so here with hb3 and again all the best conversations happen off the air because we're weird uh so because i like to terrify you and you tell me that i terrify you uh when i talk horror but we also talk really good horror i'm gonna go mediocre because that's what's out there right now. I watched four films recently, and all of which are very mediocre. Censor, uh, uh, the film about a, a film editor that may or may not have witnessed her sister's death during a film. Um, yeah, it's uh, they really, really promoted this thing, but it, halfway through the movie is just not. It doesn't hold up. Uh, Swarm. On Netflix. Now, this is a weird one. You think Swarm, you think The Swarm, The Bees, back in the 70s. You remember that one, right? Oh, yeah. Well, this is Swarm. This is locusts, okay? And locusts that get a taste for blood. Now, it sounds campy, but the way they they show this, it's a family-oriented film. It's a family that owns a locust farm, and slowly these locusts get a taste for blood. And it's kind of watching the family deal with how... Well, how they're going to deal with this swarm that they're producing and what they can do. And the mother takes it upon herself, almost like a heroin addict, to feed them her own blood. It's whacked. It's on Netflix. Uh, right? Um, now, these next two, Teddy and the other movie is Nothing Bad Can Happen. Now, these two are both kind of like uh, disturbing head trips uh the the breakdown of faith now teddy is about this kid who gets scratched by an animal becomes sort of a werewolf type of thing but you don't watch this for a monster thing it's more about it's more about the human um experience being a monster and watching him uh deal with his new problem it's sort of like a dude on his period it's something we haven't seen before um or maybe we have and nothing bad can happen is the complete breakdown of a kid's faith in Catholicism when he's taken in by a sadistic family. 
and I'll, I'm going to say none of these end happily. <laughs> They're all really dark but mediocre films that all have great acting. The actors are the movie because the, 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 the script isn't great. Uh, yeah. So I'm just saying that's the that's where I am with horror right now. Um, how about you? I watched a Japanese horror movie from like 20 years ago called Versus. Hmm. Have you heard of that? No. It's like a Japanese. It it turns out it's a zombie movie. Though when it starts, you have like a zombie slash vampire movie. Weird. Though when it starts, you have absolutely no idea what what is going on. It, it just seems like totally random and, and chaotic in a really cool way. Uh, but then it, it develops in a, a more or less sensible fashion, so you start to figure out what's happening as it goes along. It's a low-budget, gore-ridden extravaganza <laughs> made by, it, it seems like, really ambitious film students, you know, with a, with a lot of talent. And buckets of blood. Yeah, so I, I would recommend Versus. It, it's not the most intellectual of films, but, but I found it, pretty entertaining it kind of i had the thought while watching it that it was it was the film that that i wanted day of the dead to be when it first came out i was i was Hmm. disappointed with uh day of the dead i was a huge dawn of the dead fan yes and i remember watching day of the dead i remember saying stuff like you know they should have had like there should have been some like bruce lee type character who was doing like kung fu fighting against the zombies you know there, there should have been more hyperkinetic action scenes and that's what versus delivers so it's kind of like yeah this is this was the zombie movie that that you that you wanted to see in the 80s but it just it just couldn't happen for whatever reason how do you find this one prime yeah i think it's on prime is it worth a gander Two ninety nine, I'd say so. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah, no, there's a, there's like a, I, there's a there's a Blu-ray that has two versions of it. I think like the first one came out in the early two thousands, and then the director did like a director's cut with some like additional footage, and that version is not as good as the original. So I think the one that you can rent is the original version, and even the original version, it it seems kind of long, like because it's not the most professional production, I think maybe the editing could have been tightened up a little bit. It's still only like 90 minutes, I think, but, uh, but beyond that, that one issue. Yeah. I'd say it, I'd say it was pretty good. I'll have to check that out. I'm I'm very interested right now, but yeah, Dawn of the Dead. We're going Romero folks, not the remake, blah, blah, blah. The Romero, right. I, I'm reading Romero's last work, which is the, oh, Liv- right. yeah, yeah. the Living Dead. I'm sorry, I read it. It's yeah. an amazing book. Um, it's very long. It's like uh, 600 pages, but phenomenal. He reinvented himself again, and he actually um, created new boundaries with the zombies and yeah. maybe went back into his old ideas that people just kind of missed along the way. But he still mm. conveys the same message that he did in Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it's with- really too bad he had to struggle so much to make his films and couldn't make the films that he wanted. I agree. I agree. Um, I remember him saying that when he made Day of the Dead, he was initially planning on 
wrapping it up with that film yes and completing the story and making it a complete trilogy and then he thought well wait a second these are the only films i've made that have ever made any money (laughs) (laughs) yeah why would i want to like stop making these right uh season of the witch and martin i do love those movies so different and they are their cult status you know you you have to love romero to love those films what about the crazies oh god is that a i now that is a great movie the remake is pretty cool Oh yeah, you didn't see it? No, I didn't. Ooh, Oliphant is in that. He, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's good. I couldn't watch the original because, like, the the opening was so disturbing, and yes. it was like messing with kids and anything like that. Like, is messing with children and making like children like the subject of your horror. It's like I, I'm just, I, I'm out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was the first film I ever saw on TV that showed blood splatter um like on tv because they weren't editing things correctly back then doesn't that film have the actor who's in dawn of the dead who plays the scientist who's like going dummies 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 i think yeah you know like the they 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 keep showing footage of this interview where it's (laughs) like the it's a black guy interviewing him and he's like a scientist who's telling who's telling him that the only way out is to like eat the zombies or something (laughs) he's saying we have no choice this is the only thing that we can do eat them or feed them or i i don't remember but you get the sense that you know and that's what's so good about those films is is you get this feeling like like the authority figures don't have the answers and like science is breaking down the scientists Mm -hmm. are crazy too right yes and it's just you get this feeling of dread that oh no like the the authority figures aren't going to save us right I'm going to say this because this came up recently. Uh, I saw on a Facebook post and it was rather large. The amount of people that chimed in uh, that people um, these were um, horror aficionados that actually said, I think we should have a black version of Night of the Living Dead. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, Night of the Living Dead is all about that. Yeah, right. If you really watch it, that's the it Romero's statement. I'm not going to say it, but you it's right in your face what right. he's saying. My god, the that end scene? I think he was pretty direct about that when he uh-huh. would talk about it, Very right? much. Yeah, yeah, some people miss the point. They miss the point. They miss the point. Yeah. But yeah. No, he was always doing like a heavy social critique in those films. Right? Yep. Yep. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And uh well, so your favorite would be Dawn, or do you still go back to Night of the Living Dead? Oh, no, I, I'd have to go with Dawn. Like, Dawn of the Dead, that's just a film we watched over and over again. Like, I just I just know that film backwards and forwards. I've Game seen changer. every version of it. I've bought multiple versions of it. You know, like, oh, nice. I, I could pretty much recite the script. So you got the Argento version, too? Oh, yeah. Nice. Very cool. I didn't know that that's, about that's the That's the cut that has that guy doing the dummies, dummies, yep. dummies. Yep. Dummies! Yeah. Dummies! Don't you remember that? Absolutely. Oh my That's god! A classic. I haven't seen that version. He's, he's in wearing so an long. eye patch. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that's in the Argento version, but not in the like uh, original theatrical cut, the American oh cut. God. Yeah, here we are on our tangent right now. Um, but I do want I, uh, back to indie artists. I put Romero in there too because I think he recreated the idea of indie artists. Um, yeah. Now I want to. I, I have to boast about my uh, my stepsister. I must say, Michelle RockArt.com. Now she did our dog in this painting that is amazing. She captures the likeness of your pets 
be like to the point where you feel like you could just reach out and pet them. Uh, literally, literally amazing. I'll put it on my Facebook page, but michellerockart.com. She is there for you to commission to do your pets the way they should look. And I got to talk about my friend Dana Keys. She won't give me a website. She's on my friends. Dana Keys does these crazy things with dolls and artwork. That And she's sending me some stuff, too. Um, I can't boast about her work enough. If you like miniature stuff, she will create it for you. Dana Keys, all my friends, if you go to Facebook, folks. I understand a lot of you don't want to go to Facebook, but that's the only way to find her. Todd Wolfson, my last one here. His movie, Batshit, coming out very soon. He's waiting for the animation to be complete. But Batshit is going to be amazing once again. Todd Wolfson is the man. He's got all kinds of... He's the hardest working man in indie film right now. Go to Todd Wolfson on Facebook. None of these people give me any um, websites. I try so hard. But again, michellerockart.com. Hit that up and have her do your pets. Just saying. So so how's your, uh, your doggy doing? He's doing quite well. He's just concerned with the wildlife out there, you know. So I, he <laughs> thinks that he's doing the right thing by, like, barking at whatever is sneaking around out there. Uh, you know, I think that, that to these wild animals, like, our, our neighborhood is like a restaurant to them, you know. And they're just, like, they're they're hunting people's pets and stuff. It's it's not a good situation. Ooh. I mean, we we saw this, this freaking bobcat just, like, on the street. Whoa. A couple of weeks ago, Whoa. like you normally don't see that, like they're they're shy creatures, but but this thing was like it was on the street by someone's yard, and then it like went into their yard, and I've seen this bobcat a couple times. So well, their forests are burning down. Last time we talked to you, by the way, you drove through an inferno. Um, yeah, that happens. Yeah, how's that going with you? We don't have fires in this part of California, thank God, and and fortunately. Uh, it hasn't been super hot. Normally, this would be fire season, like late August, early September. In recent years, has been unbelievably hot. But but this year, it's been pretty mild. Uh, it was like in the 80s earlier this week. I think this week it's it's back into the 90s for a few days. But it actually feels like fall came early to to Southern California. So we don't have any raging out of control fires right now. Thank God. Good, 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 good. I'm glad to hear that because when we see footage, it looks devastating, and that's oh, why it's the apocalypse up there. I mean, it's horrible. Right. Yeah, and we do have, we've got like ash, and I mean, we can smell smoke down here, which is really weird, considering how far away the fires are. Man, but I don't think there's anything local going on. I mean, like there have been times where. Again, we're near the San Gabriel Mountains, and there have been times where you can, like, see the fires, like, coming over the other side of the mountain, you know? Damn, no, I don't. I, well, I've kind of seen it when I've been there, but I wonder what the status was with you out there. Yeah, no, it's 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 happened. Like, there's some, uh, there's an observatory up at the top called uh, Mount Wilson Observatory, and there's some uh, broadcast television stations up there that have been there forever, and... Yeah, that that stuff has been imperiled by fires recently, mm. uh, and and you see like the fires start on the other side. There's like sort of a, it's it's called the Angeles Crest Forest. There's like this basin and long stretches of forestry that are susceptible, and so it starts on the other side, and then it creeps up and starts to come over the top, and uh, you know, 
yeah, then they start doing the helicopter drops and Damn. they put that shit out. But it has come down pretty close to, to where we're at on, on numerous occasions. And it's come close to the point, I think that was a couple of years ago, where they were talking about, oh, we're going to have to evacuate the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It, didn't, it didn't come to that. But then you're thinking, oh, shit, you know, like, now what? Yeah, you, you, know, you, like, you were a little out of sorts last time I talked to you. Um, it, it, it sounded scary. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know, maybe it was maybe it was coming to that, mm. uh, but but not now. Now I've never asked you this next question, and it'll be my last one because we want you to close out about your show this weekend and where to find all your music. But I gotta ask you, being where you are and who you are, um, what who's or the most prominent guitarist that you've worked with? Like who was that, and are you willing to talk about it? I don't I don't know prominent guitarists. You just yeah, do your I don't own know, thing, man. Yeah, no, I just hang around with a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, weirdos are good. You can't name I've, one. I miss the I miss you know my guitarist from nature. He was ah, he's yeah. probably the favorite guy that I've ever played with and really influenced the way that I play a lot. I we we had him on with him. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. We was, had him on like a hundred episodes ago. I you know he's a he's a good guy and he had sort of a a, a raw but technical playing style. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he's a really good natural musician that uh, has a very appealing style. I wish that he's I think he does still play, but I mean, he doesn't ever like do gigs or anything. I wish that I wish that he still did, because, like I said, he he has a good natural talent. So I don't know, in terms of famous people, I don't know, I can't really. I can't really think of anybody, you know, I kind of decided that I was just going to have to do everything myself because it's, it's hard to find good people that you can work with. And, and mm. especially now it's, it seems like it's, it's really hard to get people to do anything right now. <laughs> you know, it's like hard to get, it's hard to get output from people. And I think that's just because they're, they're really stressed about the general situation. Well, I got a so, guy. I got a guy for you that you should hook up with. Um, he's a friend. He's he's uh, Ty Oliver from Power Man Five Thousand. He's a uh, very very oh, yeah. yeah. He's a great dude. What a great guy. Raygun Romance is his uh, his solo project. But when he's with Power Man, he's kicking some ass too. But he is open to so much music. I could totally see you guys collaborating on something. But that's right. just me. There was some guy who saw I saw that was playing in a band like that. I don't remember if it was that band. It might have been who I was really impressed by and thought they were really incredible. I'm just going to pretend it was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Does he and play like is. a weird guitar or does he play a normal guitar? He's a rhythm guitarist, but he's also a singer with a. Or I believe he croons with um, Raygun Romance is his deal. Um, oh, yeah. but he only does a couple of songs but man he, he can again he's tight with spider and power man 5000 great band live and he can play it yeah. live but i think he's just i feel like he's he likes to experiment and yeah. i'm just saying that's somebody you can find him through my friends and, and say hey i've done kettle whistle already blah 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 and he might say oh god i'm so sorry but yeah but he's a nice guy. I hit him up during COVID because I knew he'd be like one of the few music- musicians I could talk to and still feel yeah. good, still feel good about life. You know, he's yeah. just a happy guy. Um, yeah, but- no, I'm I'm looking for people to collaborate with. I'm looking for people because 
I play my style is unusual. I'm looking for someone maybe that does like extended range. Hmm. You know, someone who plays an extended range guitar. I was looking into getting a seven string guitar or an eight string guitar too. I'm, I'm, I feel like I need to try some of these other instruments that people are playing. You know, I, I, my bass is only four strings, but I'm doing a curious tuning on it. So I'm experimenting with, other multi-stringed instruments to see what I can come up with. <laughs> it will probably never replace the four-string bass, but but it's still interesting. And and so yeah, I'm 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 looking for for other guitarists who are interested in in experimenting with what they're doing for sure. Well, we're here with again HB3 Hugh Bonar. You can look up HB3 on Facebook. I, I want to thank him again for coming back on. But I got to tell you guys, right now, we need your help. Dr. Peeler Issue 2 is coming out. But for funding, please buy Issue 1. It helps us out. Dr. Peeler, Demon psychi Psychiatrist. And that is www.burningbulbcomics.com or burningbulbpublishing.com. And it is a series. It's going to continue to be a series. But we do need your help to fund it. Would appreciate it. And all our episodes are at www.burningbulbcomics.com fairlydarkproductions.com you get all kettle whistle radio episodes right there if you want to read some horror dwelling in the dark i highly recommend i got new stuff coming out and honestly i will entertain you i'm just saying and i'm trying actually been vying to get uh, mr hugh to um maybe use one of my books in his class he mentioned that oh, last yeah. time yeah We'll work that out. We'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> I'll send you a couple. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, you decide, and, and then you know, I'll never hear from you again. But, hey, I hope I hear from you again. Uh, where do we find all your stuff? Uh, you can go to my website, which is hb3.com, the letter H, the letter B, the number 3.com. You can also just go to my Instagram, which is uh, hb3live. My Facebook is also HB3 Live, so that will guide you to to where you need to go. I'm <laughs> I'm right now. I'm encouraging people to go to my Bandcamp uh, rather than iTunes. But all my music is on iTunes. It's on all the digital outlets, uh, really. But the Bandcamp is HB3 uh, Music at Bandcamp. And that's just because if you buy my music on on Bandcamp, I, I get more money from it. Yes. But whatever. Yes. 13 years ago when we started this, I promoted Bandcamp like you wouldn't believe because, yeah, all you get all the proceeds, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my Defender t-shirt, though. You didn't make those yet. Well, well first I need the actual t-shirt. Yeah, that's on the <laughs> list. That actually could happen soon. Oh, so. man, what a great t-shirt that is. Yeah, I see it in my head. Hey, thank you again for doing this. And you have a big show coming up. And that is Saturday, the 28th. If you happen volleyball. to be in the L.A. area. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. What, what time does that start? Doors open or what? Uh, doors open at 630. We'll start at 730 to 8. We want to wait until it gets dark for our video. So come on down at, at 630 p.m. to get a good seat. Because it fills up quick. Nice. And, and you can go to the Folly Bowl at Facebook or go to my Facebook, HB3 Live at Facebook, and, and you can find the address and all the info, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, you can, you can bring some wine and, and consume it.
<laughs> and that'll probably damn. make the whole experience better. And feel that piccolo blade, that bleh, bleh, that piccolo yeah. bass flow through you. That's a hard the, thing to say. The piccolo blaze. Piccolo Hey, thank you so much, Hugh. And uh, until you start sending me your segments, like I said, you got a place here. So we're gonna be hearing more from Hugh in the future on Kettle Whistle Radio. And thanks for listening. And uh, coming soon, by the way, folks, uh, in the next week or two, Martin Atkins will be here. And um, I'm sure I'll annoy him equally as much. All right. Thank you. Good night.
Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all times? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling, styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are 
and live in a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid.